born in teenage moms, and welcome to another episode of the Vegetable Soup Show here on NWCZ Radio Channel 1. I am your host, Veg, and today what I want to do for you guys is give you a behind the scenes and show you what's going on as we rev up to start doing the show. I have two guests. I have uh, a good friend and guitarist, Steven, and I have uh, a host from another show, a ghostess with the Moses from the Rubber Chicken Radio Program, my buddy Gary Ennis, and uh, let's just get right into it, and you'll see that we... Uh, we have a lot of fun when we're uh, when we're having Zoom meetings. <laughs> you ended up you ended up where? Facebook jail. <laughs> uh, on your personal account or uh, RCR? Both, evidently. That's the part that really got me. Is I, and 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 then I ask them why. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, come out, come come to the back. The gate's unlocked. Okay. Uh, and then you can come I'm gonna, in. I'm gonna park and try to walk around. Okay. And then just come on in the studio. Yeah, I got you. Alright, boss. I'm gonna see you in. I'm gonna try to find your place right now. Copy that. Alright, bye. Bye. So. I um, see your Steve who's watching us. And raise you, my Steve, who's joining us. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll work. But this is what this is what they showed us. What happened? This is all I could find out right here. Holy crap! I can't. Hang on, let me let me get up close to the screen so I can read that. <laughs> now let's see if I can enlarge it any. Child nudity? Woo! Yeah. What the hell did you do with, what are you, posting Miss Teen Beauty pageant with that fat ugly dude that won? I don't know what the hell went on. And it says in, on Messenger, You, I sent this on Messenger. I went back through every message all the way back to May. And I can't find anything even close. Child nudity. That's... Bro, I've known you for a little while, and I'm going to go with, yeah, that's not, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm looking for a lawyer because I'm calling this. Uh, that's uh, defamation of character, sir. That's the one. That's the, what I was looking for. It's got me so pissed off, you would not believe it. Bro. Those are those are uh, you know that's that's some hard stuff too. That's that's stuff that'll stick with you. People look at that and they'll go, oh, yeah. But that's just it. You know, I I looked through every post that I could find. Now they said that they um, um, that they won't show the post, but they also won't tell me what what it was. Right. This is all they've got. And then it's like there's more than one, evidently. Well. I guess I'm wondering if someone hacked into your account. Well, that's what I told them when I when I when I when I messaged them, asking them to, um, uh, you know, what did I do, you know, <clears throat> and uh, you know, I you know I said if it's got anything to do with this stuff and everything, I said either somebody hacked me or somebody cloned me or something, because anybody that knows me knows that ain't gonna happen. Yeah. 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 And, uh, but not, not even a reply. 
nothing. Not even a, you know, I'll check into it or you're full of shit or nothing. Right. You know. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely looking for a lawyer to go for a defamation of character lawsuit against Facebook because that ain't gonna happen, man. They'll never learn. Well, I can you know the closest thing that I can come that I could even find that had anything to do with a kid. Okay. Uh huh. Was uh, it was a joke, a word joke. Okay. Okay, so it wasn't like there were pictures of kids, you know. Right. But um, there, it was a word joke, and it had to do with um, um, this little this young girl was sitting on a plane, and she was flying you know, or getting ready to fly, and this uh, older gentleman was set uh, w- uh, was sitting next to her, and he turned to her and he says, you know that, um, you know. Uh, that you know, long trips like this, it's, you know, it goes faster and it's more pleasant if you can talk to somebody, you know. And uh, you know, so she says, "Well, what do you want to talk about?" He says, "I don't know. We can talk about nuclear fission. We can talk about um, uh, world peace, you know." And she says, "Well, I can talk to you about that stuff." She says, "But I want you to, but you have to answer a question for me." He says, "Okay, what's that?" She says, "Why is it that a horse?" When a horse poops, it comes out in clumps. When a cow poops, it comes out in patties. And when a deer poops, it comes out in um, um, beads. And he looks at her and, I have no idea. She says, well, then how can we talk about uh, world peace and nuclear fission if you don't know shit? That's that's the only thing I could find that has anything to do with a kid. Okay. So how is that <laughs> this? I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> this, see, this is my Steve. My Steve's real. Your Steve's imaginary. Oh, really? Yeah, well, yeah. That's, yeah. that's Gary. Hi, Gary. Yeah, if, if you're a sick son of a gun, then my Steve is imaginary, because that means he's a figment of your imagination. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> Yeah, because you were sitting next to him at the bar a couple of weeks ago. I wasn't sitting next to anybody. There was no one there. What are you talking about? It's just me and you. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, by golly, and I think I actually have video of him talking to us, too. So. I see. Yeah. Uh, hey, Steve, if you want, go ahead, join us, and we'll make it a foursome. I got you. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be double teamed by Steve's. <laughs> Yeah. Most of Steve's are imaginary, actually. Right. right. This is my imaginary friend, Steve. Yes. Imagine. We'll, we'll, we'll quit advertising. Ah. All nice to meet you, Steve. Or should I say, nice to meet you, Veggies, Steve? What happened? No, this is Metal Steve. Yours is Footloose. Footloose <laughs> is actually closer to my age. Persona just pointed my life actually. Yeah, but his Steve, his Steve lost half his foot to diabetes, so it's true. <laughs> I'm not that loose. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife is only four foot ten, you know, and Steve used to be the biggest one of the biggest people I knew, but uh, now he's only a foot and a half. He <laughs> got short fast. Yeah. Half a foot! <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's just where we are, man. How you like them there snowstorms? 
Oh, the snowstorms wasn't all that bad. The ice storm, that one made you me nervous. Just a shot. I don't have a shot glass. You're going to have to sip it like a man. <laughs> well, I, I mean, uh, I, I've always and often followed the science and said that global warming starts with global cooling because... When the uh, when the Arctic's start to warm up, they're gonna push that cool air down upon us, and uh, we're we're seeing that now. It's kind of yeah. fun. Yeah, well, I I would much rather go for the warming part than that's colding. I, part. I hey, we got we got we gotta wait. I mean, it sucks. <laughs> I don't like the cold. I would rather have a tropical desert, you know, or tropical forest. Actually, if they were in this place up about ten degrees. Uh, it would be pretty, pretty nice, actually. Yeah, it actually would. And sea levels might rise, but people will move or adapt. <laughs> I live on a hill. I'm just, I'm I, yeah, I'm, three, I'm 300 feet above sea level right here, so we're good. Bring that shit up. You know, yeah, we, we could end up. It's it's really weird. They 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 complain about the melting of the ice. And it's going to raise sea levels, but yet there's a drought for crops and people without water. Why not harvest the ice? We know it's going to melt. We know that climate change is real. We know that the caps are going to melt. We're worried about the ocean levels rising. Why not mitigate it a little bit by harvesting ice for water and for power and, and for irrigation of crops and stuff? Why not just go on up to the uh, North Pole and start getting some of those glaciers that are breaking off, pull them up here with the big helicopters and set them on Mount Shasta and Mount Rainier and all the other mountains that normally Because we're not looking to replace glaciers, we're looking to actually have liquid water for people to use. Oh yeah, and it will. No, because no, I mean, I mean start now, to melt like a processing thing that happens now, not some some fluffy idea of, oh, look, we got our glaciers back. Enjoy the river. The salmon will come back because the river's coming back. The salmon coming back? No, I'm just thinking put it all up there let it melt. It wouldn't take long. I wonder how how big of a, 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 a glacial chunk four Chinook helicopters could bring. That would be something to see. And if yeah. they dropped it, would it just... Boom? Would it look like an atomic bomb of snow coming off a of Rainier? That'd be cool. <laughs> or they could desalinate the ocean. But then, see, the thing about the glaciers pushing cold water in where they where the runoff happens at the glacier in Antarctica and Greenland and stuff like that is they're worried about uh, an influx of cold water disrupting the natural rhythm of, of, the, of the ocean Currents. currents. So yeah. I harvest the ice. Let's use the water. We're kind of killing two birds with one stone there, kind of. I, I have no opinion on this at all. <laughs> like fuck these people in their water. Well, I'm an alien. What it comes down to is I'm, I, I figure whatever happens, we'll just kind of flow with it when it happens. I mean, I don't see it being a big problem. It's just going to all of a sudden like fall out of the sky or anything. It's going to be it's going to be a gradual process. Well, I, I'm just hoping that this glacier thing happens pretty quick, you know, because if it does, then you and I are going to be sitting pretty because we're going to have oceanfront property. 
<laughs> the, the water would have to come up pretty far. It, it, it would take some really amazing stuff to get me that, that, that's, that, I'm, like I said, we're, we're 334 feet where I'm sitting right now, so that's a lot of... Uh, we don't have that much glacier. We'd have to get hit by like a glacier planet. We, we would have to get hit by a glacier planet. <laughs> Which or isn't like out that. of the question. It just give us some time. It's Wait, not out of the question. Yeah, yeah, it was 65 million years ago. We don't know if it was a glacier that hit. We just know it was as big as Everest. Could have been anything. The thing over Tunguska could have been a glacier. That's true. That's a lot of it could it could have been a cloud of flour as well. There's a lot of flowers explosive. <laughs> flowers explosive. I know it is. You just, we don't usually make bombs out of it. Right. <laughs> It's more the silos when they're roughing, when they're when they're, when they're cycling it through the silos. A little spark, and all of a sudden, boom! You're like, what? A flower silo blew up. Powderized air in the air. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's insane. And we eat it. What's this? This is a bomb. Oh, I'll take care of it. Tasted like yeah. a cake. So they say uh, uh, possibly 26 dead in Buffalo, but that's just people that were reported dead. <laughs> I, I'm assuming they probably uh, did die of uh, uh, exposure to the elements, seeing how there was oh, there a big was, loss of power. There was a woman over in uh, Wenatchee that died uh, frozen to death. Yeah? Yeah. And it happened the uh, day before yesterday, I guess it was. In the ice farm? Uh, the yeah. They, they found, it, they found her in her car in Wenatchee. That's what I wonder, man. All these people sleeping outside and that ice storm happened. Woo! Preserving the meat for the people that want to eat. <laughs> I, I, it, it makes me laugh to, to watch all these videos of people in Seattle slipping and sliding down hills and shit. It's, it's hilarious. It's like, oh, that guy's from California. <laughs> you know that deal outside my place, I was right on my bedroom window. I watched cars go up and go up all day. Not one got up. <laughs> there was there was a half-inch ice skating rink out in the yard. Of course, yeah. Joanne's got a four-wheel drive. And I was just like, you're not going to work today. She's like, will you take the truck out for me? I'm like, no, if you can't drive it out, you ain't you aren't going anywhere. She's like, well, uh, yeah, I'm not coming to work today. <laughs> well, the other day I pulled out of my garage and he thought I hit something. He says, well, did you crash into something? No, it was just the road. <laughs> it, dude, it sounded like you were running over cats and dogs and people. I heard screaming. That might have been me. <laughs> yeah, I heard a bunch of crunching and crashing, but it was just the ice. Well, definitely a bunch of fucking crashing, yes. <clears throat> yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's always interesting to come in here. I haven't been in here in a while. I, I was around when this was originally built, and I've been in this this space, this studio here, 
hundreds and hundreds of times. This yeah. is probably the friendliest it's ever looked. There might be. <laughs> I mean, but there was a stage here one time. We had a drum stage. And yeah. I used to, I had an entire wall of gear over here, and Jesse had an entire wall of gear going over here. And we had we, Jesse has repurposed this area five times now. Oh, easily, yeah. That I that I remember being indirectly involved with in one way or another. Now it's more kind of like a. Well, this is for this is this is bar more it's than a, It's the doghouse, bro. Yeah, it really is. Ain't it? If I if I mess up in there, I got a place to go. Just <laughs> <laughs> walking distance, so it's yeah. relatively safe. <laughs> Rent's covered. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, I'm underground, so if I get in trouble, I just go hide in my hole. Yeah. Which is why I'm usually down here. <laughs> I'm always out here. I'm very seldom upstairs. <clears throat> oh, did you hear about this one? The uh, Tacoma City manager, Elizabeth Hall. Um, the Washington legislators are, are receiving a 4 to 7% raise in 2023. Oh, yeah. It's like that omnibus bill that they just passed. Nice, nice raise in there for all our senators. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Elizabeth Paul will be making more than three hundred and nine thousand dollars in one year. Is she going to be okay? Well, I don't know because she's still not making quite as much as the president of the United States, who is at four hundred thousand a year. Right. Well, she's just as important. Oh, she's more important. Well, you know what? I think you're right about that. She's, she's local. Important. That guy, he's just a figurehead. Yeah. This is a local representative. So she's she actually, way more important than any teacher or politician in D.C. Yeah. Is she single? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who she is. I yeah, I couldn't believe that. It was like, you got to be kidding me, man. These people aren't even worth 20000 a year, and they're well, getting 300000 I, see, and that's, that, that just brings me back to all politicians at, at any level, state, federal, at any level, should be punching a clock and getting minimum wage for the district that they're supposedly representing. Yeah, it says the city manager can make up to $376,591. Yeah. Well, I, I, got, I, I got a friend that's a city planner, and one time we were going to go do a gig in New York, and he was like, I can't. I have my career to think about. I'm just yeah. like... Don't you want to be a musician? He's like, no. <laughs> he won't make as much money. Yeah. Exactly. Especially not in these days. Yeah, uh, let's hear. Uh, uh, Tacoma Public Utilities Director Jackie Flowers will make $409,677. So she's going to actually make more than the U.S. President. You, you want to make money, get into politics, folks. I'll tell you, being yep. a senator, if I would, if I could go back to when I was like still like useful and stuff, I think I would have going to, after being a senator would have been a pretty cool. Bro, I, 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 I am ruthless and I am a dirtbag. I would make a great Democrat senator. I've seen, what, <laughs> I've seen what these senators, senators do, and to tell you the truth, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it's outside of anything I'm capable of doing, to be quite honest. No! They don't, number one, they don't have to know anything because all the bills are written for them by the lobbyists and the corporations that have interest I, in the I, bills that are going to be passed. 
I can say yay or nay or sign anything. I've done. You that. don't even have to be present at a vote you don't want to be part of. I can do that. <laughs> or if you're forced to be present at a vote you don't want to take part of, you can vote present. Neither yay nor nay. I can do that. I can. I can pretty much do all. You that. can go and ask inane questions to someone who's being prosecuted by our government. Sir, yes or no? Did you take the money? And that person would be like, well, it's not as easy as that. What I have to say is I have to explain this thing, and it takes 15 minutes to not even give you an answer. And we both get paid for this. Thank you. It's perfect, really. It's a, it's a beautiful job. It's, it's political theater, and the reason theater is attached to it is because they're paid actors. Yep. We should be acting. You, you could probably still do it. Fuck. Our president's 80 years old. That's right. I You're got, only 60 something. I'm, I'm, I'm 58 right now, so I got like I got decades. Right? You both are babies. I know. <laughs> I don't know what I'm running for, but I'm declaring I'm running right now. It's it's. it's uh, Steve for president. 2024. I don't know if I want to be president. Swall, like 2024. That seems like a We've settled thing. it! <laughs> the science is final. The science. It's settled. <laughs> the science is settled. You're gonna be president. <laughs> That's what they said to Obama. He's like, what? And they're like, no no no, son, you'll be you'll be president. I want a more low kid gig, actually. I want something kinda like one of those people that you see on TV a couple times a year. What would be the lowest key gig you could get in Senate. federal politics? Yeah. Probably that, Senate aid. Yeah. Oh, that would be easy. All you got to do is make sure that you will get the door open when the lobbyists show up, right? And, and, and the coffee. got to make sure the coffee's warm. <laughs> I, I, I like and when the coffee. lobbyist shows up, you got to be able to be ready to make a photocopy of any <laughs> bill that they're going to present because, they, you know, you got to have the... Everyone's got to have their copy of it. I think I can do that. I, I think, think you could too. I think I, I'm pretty much ready to do it right now. I I don't see why why I'm not doing. We it. would like to to right now tell the people of America that we're ready to represent a senator as an aide to the senator. Anyone. <laughs> Any senator, anywhere. Any we will move if we need to, but I don't think we have to be located at any specific state. Even if it's in Italy, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> and if anybody else would like to pitch in on this, please do. 253-254-6664. Yeah, we're outnumbering Gary today. We got two here. <laughs> Come on, Steve. Where are you, half foot? Get on here. It's got to be somewhere here. Can't be the only Steve. Yet. No, I'm sure. I, 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 I bet Steve's watching. He's he's our most loyalist fan. And thank you, Steve, for watching and visiting when we uh, when we went to the event the other day. Hope you had a good time. Oh, he said he did. Yeah. As here, another one. Oh, this is gonna break your heart. I would have to have a heart. Well, this one will get you where you live. Okay. Washington's cannabis industry is seeing a dip in sales. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. When it's, yeah, when it's get, easier to just drive through and steal it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's dipped down to about 12% in the last year. <laughs> I'm still wondering what's going to happen with that. I mean, you still... Those 
those places still can't put their money that they earn in a bank because it's federal, federally illegal. Right. Still. So they, they, they can't, I don't know what they do. I know they have huge safes in there, but the people who rob those places usually are just going for the weed because it's easier to, to sell the weed than to get into the safe. Well, I'm sure the same deal. Yeah, so so but when the C B D C becomes the the way of things, I wonder how that's gonna transition because that money's gonna always be under federal control. Yeah. Now that money is now allowed to be in the bank, even though federally marijuana is illegal, they're gonna have they're gonna have to move stuff around. They're gonna have to change the laws drastically or Make it illegal again and close those shops all down. Well, so a lot of the shops are starting to close down. Um, they're all either getting uh, bought out by the larger guys. Well, yeah, the, or, the larger guys are the only ones running. Or they're just selling out and moving to another state because the taxes alone, the Washington state taxes, are killing them. Oh, yeah. Well, as it, as it becomes legal in, in other states where taxes aren't as heavy, I can... I can totally see any large, uh, well, any of the bigger small shops setting sail, getting out of here. Well, I was just yeah. recently in Nevada for six months, and I talked to guys down there that are working in the industry, and they told me that the a lot of those shops they were working for are basically have shops in every state that works in Yeah. And they basically, they're... It's just like a regular standard job where it's it's a it's a money printing facility it's, that's for sure. Yeah, and they basically they have all the same other stuff that's going on where they tell you you're working too fast. Yeah, well, get some more weed for you. You know, just the typical stuff that goes along with that industry. Because I mean, I don't smoke that obviously very rarely. And the the guy I was hanging out with down there, he's worked in the industry for a few years, and he doesn't smoke. And he told me that he's constantly told to slow down because. He would start doing other people's work, and he was being told he can't do that. So, so it's a real industry. Yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 it's, it's it, there's a market for it. It's a real industry. Those stores are real, and the the oh God, what was, what was I? I was thinking of something, and you started talking, and I lost it. So it wasn't important. Oh, I know what it was. You can you can tell it's a huge industry because uh, uh, the market named Zips. A local store here in in our region has five open stores today within five miles of my house. That's fantastic. Just one one <laughs> one zips zips. They got five stores. <laughs> Go everywhere. And then there's the world of weed, and then the, the 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 thing over there at the at the by the by the EQC. I mean, there's a hundred weed shops within oh, yeah. five miles of this house. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, and and but you know, I was I always thought that you know the the the, the taxes on it would be more like the, it is on alcohol. Yeah. But no, they uh, the article I was uh, reading uh, yesterday and everything was saying the state taxes on these places is thirty five percent. Actually, I believe when it became legalized about, what was that, about 10 years ago now, I didn't, I don't vote, but I, if I would have voted, I would have definitely voted against it, because I thought the right. law was completely ridiculous, and I'm not, I'm, I'm for marijuana being legal, but the law they passed was probably the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Well, it was written for the bigger conglomerate businesses to take over anyone's yeah. shops. 
because I voted no on 512 as well. I told everyone to vote no on 512 because, as you know, we were growing. And and at the at the time that we were growing, I, I had like maybe seven good strains. And before 512 passed, people were calling me and I was I was selling ounces for sometimes 600 bucks, depending on if they bought it an eighth at a time or if they bought the whole ounce. So yeah. then I started selling it to the stores because the stores opened up and now I was down to $300 an ounce. And I went in there one time with some top tier, some, some beautiful stuff. And they're like, well, we can give you 75 for it. And I was just like, well, I guess it's time to turn off the lights because it's not even worth growing it anymore. Meanwhile, the store that I'm at trying to sell it has a shop connected to a room, connected to a grow facility right there with them. They don't need input from anybody on the outside anymore. <laughs> In fact, the last time I bought marijuana was from you, and that was about 15 years ago, when you were growing it. I bought, I bought some weed off of my... I, hey, you know, it's cool to be able to go to the store and buy weed and all that, but, but it was a lot more cooler when people called me to get it. <laughs> Actually, that was one of the first things he and I ever said to each other. I was back there, it was dark, he came out and everything and uh, uh, was telling me that uh, he was growing medical marijuana, so not for me not to worry about people showing up. I'm going, wow, they must be sick late. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was... Uh... It was fun doing it though. It was it was it was fun until they ran us out of business. And again, uh, they even ran. Uh, a buddy of mine was was running a a grow operation where he would just do all the starts. You had to flower it yourself, but he would do the starts and he'd run them as long as you wanted. And then you could you could do the veg as as long as you wanted before you flowered them. And he was making bank. He had five warehouses with just. Just starts. Just starts. That's a fantastic idea. Five twelve passed. Five warehouses. Three warehouses. One warehouse. Back to selling used cars. No kidding. Yep. So it's, it's and and really he he was he's a good businessman, smart, has the money behind him, but didn't have enough to beat out the big corporations that are taking this over and moving in. And that's the only reason that thing passed, is because the big corporations have found a way to leverage themselves into the operation. Yeah, once they get this thing, once they straighten out it on a federal level, I'm sure that the industry is just going to take off like crazy. I, mean, I don't think it's going to be like you said, their sales are down 12% or whatever. I don't expect that to change. No, yeah, I mean, but, uh, everything's going to go up and down. As a matter of fact, I, I assume sales will decline as fewer and fewer people are, are becoming drug addicts, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Because, the, what was it? Uh, uh, God, there was a, I want to say Portu, Portu, Portugal. But there was a, a country that legalized everything. They decriminalized. They legalized everything. Yeah. And uh, I mean, this is and this is 20 years ago. And they said there was a little bit of an uptick in, in addiction, but then a, 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 a very huge decline. There was a decline in crime. And instead of putting people in jail, what they did was they made it a a, a medical problem. 
if they caught you three times with more than you needed for a week, which I, which I don't know how they determine that because I need a lot every day. But but if they caught you with a, a certain amount uh, in a number of times, then it wasn't go to jail. It was go see this doctor. And take care of your medical. Yeah, because maybe, maybe you've got chronic a pain issue that needs to be addressed differently than what you're doing. And so, you know, and, and it's it works to a point. Well, the, the basically is it, just making the stuff illegal just invites the whole criminal element into it. I mean, there's no doubt about it. I My mean, question is, what's the difference between Portugal and Portland? Because they decriminalized it in Portland, and it's a mess down there. I gotta go with it's gonna be perceptions of the. the that's true too. The, the very, the very the large cultural here, difference. The cultural difference in Portland is. I didn't even hear here from Seattle, which is kind of like a sister city. The cultural difference between Portland and Seattle is here. Yeah. They're, they're cleaning up Seattle a little bit at a time. I mean, they still got a lot of problems there. It basically, there's, I don't think it's all going away, but it, I have noticed that things have gotten better. Well, let's face it, there's COVID things were kind of weird everywhere. Right. It just was. And Shut down ghost town. Yeah. Homeless zombies everywhere. I had, uh, I had about 300 cars 60 feet from my door up on Highway 99 and SeaTac a few years ago. And basically, after COVID cleaned out, they cleaned out that, that all that's gone. Yeah. Completely. It's, it's, it's no longer there. There were some sticklers on and whatever, but it, it was in space a very different thing was going on. There. And it wasn't and it wasn't traditional homeless people that we used to see years ago where it was a bunch of guys and a few women. It was it was whole family. Yeah, yeah. Well back 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 before the COVID thing, homelessness was was someone actually struggling. Yeah. Where now homelessness is the economic situation has driven my family out of our home. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. It was car after car filled with full families, with joint oh, children, and oh. a husband in a diaper. I think the guy might have been going to work during the day. I don't know. I mean, it, it was, and it's hard to say. And, and single mothers raise cowards and criminals, and it's 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 hard to improve upon that situation from a car, not even in an apartment. It was definitely, those people were definitely struggling. I, I would bring them over food occasionally and stuff like that because I, I realized that they you know, just people that are going through a very different situation. Yeah, so a bunch of comics got together. We did the socks and underwear thing. Yeah, because it was funny because like, there was like, some of the people's reaction it was like, let's just yell at them or some other ridiculous I mean, Some people don't people. like homeless people for some reason. They're just people, you know? That's all it really comes down to. They're people. Yeah, they might be masked up and all that, but they're still people. And and everybody you know. makes bad decisions. Okay. Everybody yeah. has problems. Yeah, I've been lucky enough to have a, a good uh, backup system on uh, to help me through when I've gotten in trouble with friends and family and stuff. Not everybody's well, you, got you, that. You and I have only ever been homeless by choice. <laughs> That's true. I thought I was homeless in the 1980s for a summer. I quit my job, moved out of my apartment, hung out in my truck, went fishing every day, and drank beer, 
And basically when fall came around, the rain season started again, I went and got a job and got an apartment and it was kind of, it was kind of like I went camping for me. Well, when I, when I moved down to California that second time, I, I chose to be homeless, lived under a bridge, it was in the summer, got a job with G-Finder. Yeah. Till I got an apartment, and, and you know, and and it was I was I reluctantly got the apartment because I was actually comfortable where I was because it was nice. <laughs> temperature control. And temperature control. It was like living under uh, living on a beach, also under some shelter. It was perfect. It was it was wonderful, and and I reluctantly got an apartment because of the time I got a girlfriend. Well, you basically, <laughs> you know, a troll is a way of life. Hey, bro, I'm telling you, I'm I'm a troll. I'm a natural troll. <laughs> I finally worked my way up to Crypt Keeper. <laughs> so yeah, I got that going for me. <laughs> I work in the funeral industry. Hi, my name is Steve. I will be your Crypt Keeper. This yeah, I can honestly say I've never been homeless. I have lived outside. Uh, my My... Apartment was a poncho with my hat underneath it and uh, this kind of stuff, but I always had a home. Yeah. <laughs> I just took it with me. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess I was living in a car. I had a tent. It was, it was wonderful. It was, it, was, it was ideal. And then before that, when I was living in Hawaii, the last time I was in Hawaii, I spent nine months, nine months living on the Ka'anapali uh, uh, resort beach because I don't know if anyone's ever been to Hawaii or not but those resorts they have showers when you come out of the water and you walk across the sand there's a shower there that they'd like you to use to rinse sand and salt water off you before you go in their hotel so there's a shower right there I showered every damn day sometimes twice but I lived down off, off the off the beach uh, every couple nights I'd go out and I'd, I'd go fishing for about an hour, come back with a huge amount of fish. We'd have a big barbecue, big party. People bring beer. Something living, dude. It was awesome. Here, here's the sad thing: if I would have known that if I had stayed in that spot for a full ten years, I'd own that spot. I'd still be in that spot. Yeah, adverse yeah. position. It's it's. If I'd have known that, then I'd still be in Hawaii because I would own land in Hawaii. Beachfront. Yeah, I I almost did that for uh, down in Oregon in the mountains there. Almost decided to do that because of the adverse possession law. Yeah, the so, uh, homesteading and, and some kind of possession law that they have in in Cal or excuse me uh, Hawaii yeah. allows yeah, you adverse possession. That if you build a shelter and you stay for ten years, or if you maintain the road through it or to it, uh, which means that you can pick a rock up off the road, toss it off to the side you've maintained that road. Yep. And you do that for a period of 10 years, you own that road, you own that property. I think they're big on the small, the little houses there too, which is not much smaller than what I'm living in now. Right? Dude, this is a tiny house. <laughs> this is, this All is it about, needs is a fridge. This actually, this place is about the same both sides. This is bigger than a tiny house. Yeah. But this I mean, is like a double, double wide tiny house. <laughs> It's 20 by 24. 24, which would make it 480 square feet, which is 130 square feet more than what I'm renting out in Safe SeaTac right now. Yeah. I should have stayed here for 10 Yeah, years. you should have. 
I've been down here enough. Why hey, man, I need? listen, I love the hell out of you. We've, we've known each other a long time, but when all your gear was against that wall, I was like, man, if he gets in a wreck on his way home, I'm not going to tell his dad it's here. <laughs> my, dad, my dad did know it here. And you always had access to all my gear when you did. Anyway, so it's not exactly. In fact, I'm sure I still have gear here. You do I'm, have gear here. I'm sure you I'm literally sure have gear in this, in, in that closet and in that shed, bro. I can, I can estimate I got As a matter of fact, I, is that yours or is that mine? No, that's not mine. Okay. No, that's not mine. I would estimate I got... Three to five thousand dollars worth of gear in this garage right now. Oh, and easily. I haven't been down here for what a year. Easily, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, easily. I mean, it's easily. been it's been a while, but I always knew it was here. And yep, it's, just <laughs> it's safe. It's <laughs> safe. Yeah, it's definitely safe. <laughs> safe than any place else I've been. Oh man. Yeah, fun. Obviously, I've known Jesse for a while. Like. Couple, couple weeks. Couple, we met a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, a day or two, yeah. Day. It's been longer than a couple weeks. May 1986. Woo! Man. No, it was actually, it was, it was July. I know, actually know the date. It was Do July, you really? It was July 6, 1986. We met over by Lindbergh High School. Or what was that school that was behind the condos I was living there on fence? Oh, fuck. Well, yeah, anyway, I met you, and I met Mark Gladfelder, mm-hmm. and you guys, I talked to Gladfelder last night. Yeah? You guys both remain friends. Here we are, 35 years later, you know. <laughs> 35. <laughs> He's being nice. Oh, well, it was. It was 1986, so that would have been 35. No, no. That's, that's that's nearly 40 years ago, boss. Well, 35 is almost 40. <laughs> I mean, you're just sneaking up on the other side. I mean, <laughs> in 2026, it will be 40 years. We're going to have to have like a graduation party. Yeah. <laughs> Get G-Finder over here. We'll be doing good. Yeah. <laughs> That's like me and Mario for our 40th anniversary of being friends. We got on the motorcycles and went to the Grand Canyon. Oh, man. Awesome. Yeah, in fact, you guys talking about that just reminded me. Next, not not, not 2023, but 2024, he and I will be best friends since uh, for 50 years. That's amazing. You old coots. Hey, did you know that supposedly there is a huge vein of gold in the Grand Canyon? Huge. Probably. Like, like massively huge, like enough to, to, to uh, back the dollars that we have in the marketplace right now. That's how big it is. And when they discovered it, when they when they discovered it, they were like, "Oh shit. Stop everything." That's why you can't mine except for with explicit federal contracts in the in, in the in the Grand Canyon. And even then it's very very difficult to even get in there because there were there were mines going on and and they found ancient uh uh uh, uh Civilizations where people were were molding with gold and stuff, so they found all this all this art and stuff. Well, gold's a very interesting. Yeah, oh yeah, they they they. I mean, they found they. This is the story. It's a conspiracy. I still haven't looked into it a lot, but they found so much gold down there that they were just like, oh shit, we got it. Kind of like De Beers burns diamonds. Yeah. To to control the market, that's why they stopped the mining. Yeah, because if you got all of a sudden got flooded with a bunch of gold, they would drop the price of gold. 
Which and it killed the dollar when they tied it to gold and they pinned gold at thirty five dollars an ounce. Yeah, it I killed the dollar, and that and, and I don't know if they did that on purpose or if that's just a natural thing that happened. But that led to the uh, gold being illegal to own gold, and then they they detached it from the dollar a few years later, and now. Which brings us to my topic from the other day, which is you know the Federal Reserve. Has uh, uh, it was their birthday on the twenty third. Well, fantastic. They've they've been around for ninety nine years, and in those ninety nine years, the value of the dollar has gone down ninety nine percent. That's fantastic. <laughs> that really is a. That's the truth too. Well, it's basically let's face it, the whole system's manipulated. But yeah, we all still just love dollars. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Give me more. Give them to me. Give them. I bathe in dollars. And it's all it's all fiat currency. It doesn't matter if it's a Bitcoin or if it's the dollar or if it's the yuan. It doesn't it doesn't matter what it is. If it's it's not, all good. If it's not if it's not being told if if I can't if I can go to the store with anything and be like, give me one, and they go, here you go. It works. <laughs> Till that stops working, we're fine. Once that stops working, we're in trouble. <laughs> I just bought a super yeah. cab, and he was glad to see cash. <laughs> I know, man. It's, you got a good deal for it. I told you I got that, that full stack for a thousand. I bought a, I just bought a Mesa 412 for $450. Yeah, because I got that Ampeg stack for a thousand because when I went in there, I thought it was just for the head. And the guy's like, you want to hear it? And I was like, yeah. So we plugged it in. We played a little bit. And he goes, and I, and I was like, okay, I'll take it. And he goes, okay. And he starts packing it all up. And I'm not gonna say no. No, it's a thousand. Basically, bucks. that was a free cab with an amplifier. <laughs> exactly. and, and leaves. So, and leaves. Yeah, because the last time I bought one, decades ago, it was twelve hundred just for the cab. And then when I bought that that uh, uh, that Ampeg head, that was that was nine hundred bucks. Me and Jesse had the most ridiculous music ever. I mean, I've seen a lot of professional bands play. I've stared down walls at shows, and I'm sure Jesse's done his share doing that nonsense too. And basically, we had we had in here. I had I had two nine ten calves, three four twelve, a two twelve, and probably about four hundred watts worth of tube amplifiers. And Jesse had, if I remember, two a two fifteen, two two nine tens. Uh, a 215 was on top of that thing. It's been quite a few years, but. Because I had the 215, the, the two 810s, I had uh, 412, I had the, the, the 15 with the 410s, right. I had the 215, yeah. I had the, the, the 412, I had the 212, and now I've got two more 210s. Perfect. And then he, he had. I remember he had at one time he had a rack with with it was it was it a Mesa Boogie four hundred plus the Mesa four hundred <laughs> Mesa four hundred plus and an Ampeg SDT. And, yeah, that's right. And it was, I mean, basically any one of these amps and cabs is like way too loud for any gig you'll ever do. Yeah. Any arena. Yeah. Yeah, we had like five of each. <laughs> my my favorite 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 story. Is when we were rehearsing in a, a place oh, in Seattle, yeah, that's right. the and Red Door. Uh, it was called the Red Door, and we were sharing a room with uh, the, Pleasure, the Elite, Pleasure Elite Grunt and, Truck. and Grunt Truck, 
the guy from Tad was there for a while. Yeah, yeah. And unbelievably, side note, unbelievably, the band in the room next to us recorded an album that actually got accolades. <laughs> and, and I don't know how they did it because we were there almost 24-7 just loud as hell. I, and I lived there. One time I walked in and him and, and one of the other guitarists, they're jamming. Well, the guy, the guy from Drum and And... Everything was on. Everything <laughs> was on. We, we hooked it all together. We hooked up all four bands' rigs and hooked it all together. The guy from Grove Talk had this killer JCM 800 that just sounded fantastic. Yeah, because he was playing. He was playing his rig, and you were standing next to him. And it's like I can't hear myself. Yeah. For the first time ever, Steve was like, I can't hear myself. Well, and that's when they plugged everything in. The guy, the guy from Tad had two. Uh, Two 412 with EB12Ms, which are 300 watts each, and he had a Visa Boogie Strategy 500, which has four 6550s and 12 6L6s. <laughs> and I, I mean, I played ridiculously loud. I would have like these 100 watt amps, and they were just like blaringly stupid loud, because that's what we did back then. So, so they're <laughs> playing loud. And I walk in, hey, this is great. And they're like, oh, you should plug in all the bass rigs. <laughs> So we did. So we did. So we're jamming for a while. And then dude leaves and he's just like, yeah, just turn everything off when you're done. Because we had practice coming up. And he and I are jamming and we're jamming and we're jamming. And then we stop. And our drummer walks in. Just as we stop, Rob walks in. And it's just like, oh, okay. Band practice is about to start. And he's like, you guys ready? It's like, we're all warmed up. And we start playing. And you see him. He's back there. He's just like... He's slamming, and you can't hear the ride. You cannot hear the ride at all. And we all stop. We're laughing. He's all, what the hell's going on? It's like, oh, we got everything fucking plugged in. So we play for about two hours. We, we say, let's take a break. We open the door, and there's a note on the floor that says, turn your shit down. This isn't the fucking kingdom. <laughs> And Jerry DeVoe still has he that still note. Has that, note <laughs> that, that note in the clown porter. Like yeah. From, yeah. From the red door. <laughs> yeah. The clown porter is definitely and, a way And, and this was like a decade after the kingdom had been obliterated. <laughs> Turn your shit down. This isn't the fucking kingdom. God, that's stupid. Which, which is why I'm surprised that those guys got that album recorded. They must have had someone sleep in there and been like... They left. Come in quick. <laughs> what do you think we had going on in there? 130 decibels plus? I mean, it was... Bro, that... I've seen the... It was loud enough that someone from the other side of the building left a note on our front porch saying, turn it down. I'm sure you could hear that thing build buildings away. I mean, even though it was all under... Was that a no, no, but but it was it was it was uh, it was at the waterfront. So so basically, there was our room, and there was a hallway behind us, and there were more another set of rooms, and then there were storage behind that, which were probably in the underground. Oh, yeah. But 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 there was enough room between us and the front door of the actual building that you could you could you could tell when we were playing. I def- you know what I also remember about the place was Macklemore, which was doing work upstairs from us. And this is before anybody heard of Macklemore. And I remember hanging out with them out front. I was like, why are you playing that crap? That shit's stuck. Why don't you play some real music, some rock or whatever? He's like, I kind of like what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, everybody, everybody knows who Macklemore is. And, of course, nobody knows who I am. So, obviously. <laughs> obviously, he did it right. <laughs> yeah. 
he, he, he had, his taste was better than mine. Right, right. Him, him and Yang, they knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah, nicest guy in the world, though. He really is. <laughs> yeah, all those guys were great, man. Yeah. Tad, all of them. Yeah, they were good people. Great people. There used to be there used to be an awesome music culture here in Seattle. It was called 1990. It was called 1990. <laughs> the 1990s was actually a really good time. It was like endless women, drugs, and uh, music stuff. <laughs> and we lived on Alki. We were partying on Alki all the time. It was beautiful. I was doing that 20 years before you guys. I mean, that was the 70s and 80s to me. Partying down at Alki. Oh, whatever, you old hippie. <laughs> Why didn't you come down and hang out? Yeah, yeah. What, where were you, man? Come on. <laughs> I, had, I had a revolving door going on in my place. Dude, because you guys were late bloomers. <laughs> when I was doing it, you guys were still wearing bloomers. <laughs> I know if you go down to First Avenue where we were hanging out on a plane all the time now, I, I, I haven't been to Central in a number of years. What's it, what's it related to? You just like set up a tent down there? Is I haven't been I haven't been to Kells since we were so fucked up. Oh, the we were screaming, drinking, singing on the way home. <laughs> At least I didn't get arrested. At least I just don't get arrested. Went down to Kells and got drunk as hell, but we luckily didn't get arrested. That's right, we were writing Celtic tunes on here. <laughs> Last time I went oh, party good times and great there. oldies. Yeah, they had a, they had a, a, a sausage roll that was like in a, a thin bat, uh, batter. Mm, the beer gravy. batter, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God, man. I think it was good. If you're ever in Seattle, I recommend stopping. If you're ever in Seattle, just and, stay and, there. And Kells is still around, <laughs> just live in the bathroom. Perfect. There's no reason not to. That's a, that's a wonderful bar. It Service is, is good. Food is delicious. Alcohol you can't beat. <laughs> See, that used to be uh, um, bogeys there in uh, yes. Capitol. Yes, that yes. There in the alleyway. Yep. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I used to party there all So apparently time. this old man knows what us old people are talking about. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. Steve's just typing like a madman. It used to be something else before that. <laughs> it used to be just a cave. <laughs> <laughs> a couple Irish guys in there. No wonder you trolls hang out there. <laughs> I remember when it was a cave. I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm surprised those waitresses put up with us. If they kept on serving us, it must have been. Well, we did tip well. Well, we, we tipped well, and we were entertaining. Yeah, we were having fun. We, we were we were we annoying. Angry. We were drunk. We were idiotic. We, drunk yeah, we were inter- we were entertainingly <laughs> stupid. Yes. Or stupidly entertaining. One of the two. Those, yeah, there were three bars I used to go to all the time down there. That one was the uh, Bogies. Mm-hmm. The other one was just up the street. It was a uh, uh, a disco place called uh, Oscars. Oh, Oscars! The, the, uh, that's a gay club, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, was a gay it club used then. to be. Yeah. It was, it, yeah, no, it was a. That was me me and you. I, How dare you point it? I, I think it was, but I was gonna say you remember Jackie, my sister Jackie, oh, took yeah. me there. Oh really? Yeah, because you know yeah. she, when she found out she was not straight, she's she's like, I need someone to come with me. And I was like, I'll go in there. 
So I go in there with her, and you know, me, beautiful, skinny, long, blonde hair. I got drinks bought for me all damn night. You're still uh, beautiful, Jeff. I was just like, holy cow. So I, I, so this one guy, he bought me six drinks. I had to give him a kiss at the end of the night. I'm just like, I, this is what you wanted. And he's like, that is exactly what I wanted. So It's well worth the investment. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry I'm straight, but I'll give you a kiss. Now, see, it was a black club when I went there. I was one of the few white people in the place. Most of the whites were women. Yeah. All the whites were women. There, there was a couple of Asians in there. They, they knew who had the money back then. The pimps. <laughs> and then I used to go to the Blackhawk, which was further up on uh, like 17th, I think it was. And uh, that was uh, uh, just a nice little quiet bar. Yeah. That one that was uh, down, it was on 1st Avenue, but all the way pretty far north. There was a bar in there. You tried to go in there, and I remember there was always what I thought were if they were real witches. I see like their eyes glowing red. And shit. <laughs> what the fuck Welcome is going to the on coven. Here? I'm not really into the paranormal or any of that kind of <laughs> shit, but I'll tell you, a couple times I've been in there, it kind of like freaked me out. I was like, this is like right out of some B movie. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrifying. When, if it was for the drugs and alcohol, who knows what would have happened. <laughs> That was probably where my second wife get, used to get, go. Get in the pool. That looks like a pot. Yeah, it's a hot tub. <laughs> They're good people. You know, it's, it's like fucking a lot of people. It's like the homeless. A lot of people have certain connotations against those people that deal with the supernatural, and you know, it's just a, a stereotype. Yeah, well, you can you can never really know what's going on in someone else's mind. If you're not going to talk to them, well, you know, there's this and and then when you do talk to them, sometimes what's going on in their head isn't clear to you because they can't clarify it. Yeah, you're like almost speaking two different languages. Yeah, I, I mean, I I have trouble communicating with with someone I've been with for thirty damn years sometimes, and it's just, she's like, "What is wrong with you?" I was just like, "I'm trying to get the words mm -hmm. correct." She's just like, "Write it down." <laughs> I'll tell you, the, the, there was a saying I heard that really fits this way. It said, uh, the world doesn't change the way you see it goes. All right, all right, I get it, I get it. That's uh, That's been the hour. That's been a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you enjoyed a little bit of a behind-the-scenes look. Uh, go check out Gary Ennis on Rubber Chicken Radio. Uh, listen for listen for nothing sounds good to make an appearance somewhere sometime. Apparently, Steve wants to get the band back together, guys. I'll tell you what, that's one person I would actually jam with because he, uh, he knows what he's doing. He's been playing a very long time, writes real well. And uh, every time we've been in a band, we've gotten signed to an independent label. So there, there is always that. So anyway, uh, I hope you had a great time. Hope you had a great week. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your family. Stay safe out there.
here's here's the funny thing. Right now, you and I could start a band and play any song we want from anyone's catalog we want on the planet. But I can't go up on stage and tell someone else's jokes because they'll hate me for it. 